embellish and empower us to live by the higher laws like honesty integrity like sacrifice like service before self like work ethic like all these things that the entitled generation doesn't really subscribe to and if you feel like you're entitled instead of taking advantage of an opportunity surely you will fail it's only a matter of time and you will die with your music still in you successful having gained the whole world losing your soul i got two bentley's i got my own jet and i got a cottage in the, in the mountains and nobody in my life to share with Welcome to the Jess Larson Show, where I interview innovators and leaders. This is part two of our interview with Dan Clark. If you missed part one, please go back and listen to all the exciting things Dan has done. Author of 37 books, Hall of Fame speaker, so, so many things. It's like a really extensive list, actually. You really should go back. But Dan, I want to jump right into it. We ended off part one talking about this idea of, of going so high in an airplane, you could see the curvature of the earth. Can you talk about this? Yeah, just for the record, because I'm still kind of a renegade competitive maverick. If you look at the sortie, the entire launch to landing experience, the Jeff Bezos and Sir Richard Branson experience to the tune of billions of dollars, they were only airborne for 11 minutes and they only saw the curvature of the earth for one minute. Yes, they went much higher than I did, but I had an opportunity to soar the edge of space in a YouTube reconnaissance aircraft, five-hour sortie. Because it's a classified mission, I can only tell you that at 70,000 feet above the Earth's surface, you see two-thirds of the state of California. At 80,000 feet, you see mapped outlines of America. And at 90,000 feet, you actually feel like you could reach out and touch the face of God. It was a spiritual experience I wish everyone could have. For five hours, I sat in the sounds of silence, looking at the curvature of the Earth, gazing into the endless blackness of the universe, pondering eternity. I could see where the blue turned to black, the atmosphere, the, the sacred, delicate ozone. It was the most incredible experience. And while I'm in that environment, you got to visualize that environment. It, 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 you tear up, you're just going, you're in awe, the order and organization of the universe, realizing that there had to be a master organizer, not turning this podcast into a spiritual discussion, but just echoing the words of Albert Einstein, who so many of accused as being an atheist, what he said was, when we discuss the concept of a higher power, a supreme being, a god, because it's so complex, most of us try to avoid that discussion, paraphrasing Albert Einstein's words, but then in perfect quote, he said, what we need to do is think like a small child who walks into a library and honestly says, someone must have written all these books. So had you been in that co cockpit with me for five hours, I guarantee you would have asked provocative and evocative questions like I did. Are we more than mere mortal beings living on a small planet for a short season? What's it really all about? Back to your original question from part one. Why do you do this, Dan? Why are you still speaking at your age? Why haven't you retired? Why haven't you hung up your shaft, your cleats? Why are you podcasting? It's a calling, my friends. We have got to make sure we fulfill the ultimate capacity and potential and, 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 uh, of our destiny, of our born identity. And when we landed, I was never the same, Jess. I'd become a curious, remember one of the great qualities of the high achievers, the top 1%, they never lost their curiosity. What else could I do? How much better could I be? How much higher could I actually jump? Could I write another hit song using the same 12 notes that I did nine years ago? What is it about? And I promise you, when I landed as a curious student of astronomy and astrophysics, I read everything that Warner Von Braun had written, who's the father of NASA, and I rewatched the movie Hidden Figures 
which highlighted Katherine Johnson, human computer working for NASA as an African-American woman tasked as part of the smartest scientists in the world, lead scientist played by Kevin Costner. And as you recall, their mission based on a true story was to successfully launch John Glenn into orbit, orbiting the Earth seven times in his Mercury 7 capsule, and then returning him safely through the atmosphere to land in a specific spot in the Indian Ocean for a quick recovery. And the greatest minds on the planet could not figure out the mathematical equation or algorithm that would allow John Glenn to successfully fire those rockets to, to, to rotate the capsule so it could successfully enter the Earth's atmosphere. Otherwise, it would ricochet off into space. John Glenn would have died and been forever gone. And in that moment, Katherine Johnson, her face lit up like a Christmas tree. She goes, it's Euler's theory. Euler was a Swiss mathematician who came up with this theory way back in the 17th century. And Kevin Costner goes, oh yeah, that's old math. And Katherine Johnson said, oh no, it's right math. <laughs> well, you think about the universal laws and my flagship book, The Art of Significance, Achieving the Level Beyond Success, published by Penguin Random House. I challenge all of you to download it. It's on Audible. And I, I challenge you to get a copy because what I did is I analyzed the order of the universe, the organization, and I quantified every single one of those highest universal laws, not my laws, the order and the, the organizational laws of the universe. And I was able to distill them down into 12 highest universal laws. So I'm at, 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 at Penguin, at Random House. The, the office in the boardroom in New York City. The, the world's most famous publisher, Adrian Zakheim. Dan, how do you know there's not 21 highest laws? How do you know there's not nine? I said, I've been working on this book for 30 years. And I finally got a chance to sort of the edge of space on October 23rd, 2010. Signed my book deal 2013. And I know there's 12 highest laws. Let's quantify quickly. The law of mathematics is a universal law, proven true and validated, illuminated in the movie Hidden Figures. Mathematics, there is a specific set of laws by which the, the universe was organized. And if we want to do our due diligence and, and mitigate chance and risk in our lives, why not go with the flow instead of against it? Don't you think it's in our best interest to first and foremost identify the 12 highest universal laws and then commit to not just studying them, but obeying them? So here's what I discovered through research. The, or the, the universe was organized by a specific set of laws. When we obey that specific law, we reap that specific reward. And when we disobey that specific law, we suffer a specific consequence. Well, we I, feel like, I feel like you could be talking to every startup business there is. You. When you talk to a tech startup where, where they, they are unwilling to be honest about math and they say, well, if it gets big enough, I'm sure it'll get figured out. Yeah. So the, the list that we whip off to, to make my point, we have the law of physics. We have the law of gravity. We have the law of of, of attraction, the law of the harvest, we reap only that which we sow, the law of relativity, we have the law of resonance, energy, vibration, frequency of energy and vibration, you know, the law of attraction, we don't attract who we want, we attract who we are. We have all these laws. And the, the, the reason why I'm belaboring this, Jess, is because we don't even have to believe or understand these laws. They're always in play. And if we disobey the law of gravity because of our arrogance or because we don't want to do that in our political environment, do you know what's so true? 
How many people in influential positions remind you of a college classmate I had? He read that drinking was bad for him, so he stopped reading. Come on, let's be honest. If we disobey any one of these highest universal laws, we will suffer the consequence, and we need to understand that. So that makes the highest, the first chapter, the first law of the universe, the highest law of the universe is obedience. Because all other laws are governed by it. So that's why I challenge you to read the book because it's so critically important that we quantify it, we simplify it into the implementation, the practical application of, like you said, mathematics. Why fight it? Why not just do an analytical, have an analytical discussion with people who are smarter than us, who can guide us through the proper steps to launch a startup, but more importantly, to grow that startup. You know, one of the things that I love to talk about, because we are connected at core values, as we know, 85% of family-owned businesses go bankrupt within the third generation. Why? It's because this new generation, we can call millennials, Gen Xers, let's not put a, a, a tag, a pigeonhole stereotype label on them, but we kind of get the idea there's different generations and there's different generational gaps. But the reason why these third generation family-owned businesses go bankrupt is because the newest generation refused to subscribe to the original core values that grandpa or grandma subscribed to, believed, exercised, lived by, that allowed them to first conceive this entrepreneurial idea, create it, grow it, and build it into this magnificent company. Simple, irrefutable laws, no, core values that embellish and empower us to live by the higher laws, like honesty, integrity, like sacrifice, like service before self, like work ethic, like all these things that the entitled generation doesn't really subscribe to. And if you feel like you're entitled instead of taking advantage of an opportunity, surely you will fail. It's only a matter of time. And you will die with your music still in you. Successful, having gained the whole world, losing your soul. I got two Bentleys. I got my own jet. And I got a cottage in the, in the mountains. And nobody in my life to share them with. Sad. And then we're going to die. We all will. We have a motivational speaker. Yeah, I think about, well, back to the math thing. You know, like right now we're building these tiny house adventure cabins to put near national parks and lakes and surfing beaches and ski resorts stuff. And like the artist in me wants to design all these exciting things, but like it's requiring humility to also go like, oh, we're going to have to get a structural engineer to see if this is possible because of the math that as we've been interviewing structural engineers, you know, like we're doing these like luxury glamping tents right now. Okay. And a big issue is, can these things blow away and hurt somebody? And it's a math, it's a math question, you know, and there's people who spent the time to, to figure out how to obey the math. <laughs> as you would say, and I haven't put in that time. And so there's, there's, you know, part of me that's like, oh, let's just wing it for like most things in life, you know, ready, fire, aim, right? And here it's just like, that's not an option. If you're going to be responsible, if you're going to take what you do serious and, and, and build something for the long term, you know, we've got to obey the math. We can't just say, oh, it's not that big a tent. I'm sure it'll be fine. And that adds to the, to the value proposition, if you think. If you're going to build or buy something in Florida in the hurricane path, you want to know at what at what mile per hour wind will your structure withstand the winds? And the same thing in, in a clamping situation, you can do a wind tunnel test. You can have those as part of a statistical 
analysis, which adds, okay, I know I'll, I'll invest in this. You know, if money becomes the topic of conversation, it means the presentation is weak and the relationship is non-existent. So part of that relationship and part of that presentation has to be the quantifiable answers to my questions. Would it blow away in a bad storm? If not, yours, not, yours isn't the one I want. Oh, your, your offering, Jess, is twice as expensive, but at least I don't have to worry, you know, about my eight-year-old blowing down to the equator when I just sound asleep at night. Okay. <laughs> Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, this has been so fun. Wrapping up here for part two, let's do this again. Tell people where to connect with you on social, where to buy the book, where to subscribe to the podcast. Okay, my signature, my, my brand is the art of significance. So I have the art of significant leadership, the art of significant selling, the art of significant team building. Worked with most of the teams in the National Football League. I have so much fun coming into an organization and helping them turn around. So if you're stuck at all, I've turned last place teams in the NFL into Super Bowl champions. The formula, the, the, the math, the system is in place. But I, more importantly, love to just inspire, trigger passion, creativity, imagination, innovation, curiosity, childlike wonderment as a storyteller. So please follow me on Instagram, Dan Clark Speak. And I guarantee I'm proud of a lot of those short videos that I've created, just telling stories and tying them in with some facts and figures. Reason leads to conclusions, but it is emotion that leads to action. Remember that we don't learn to know, we learn to do. All the information in the world isn't going to make a person successful. It's like the guy who has three PhDs, one in philosophy, one in psychology, one in sociology. He doesn't have a job, but at least he can explain why. <laughs> so follow me on Instagram, Dan Clark Speak, at Facebook as well. You can snoop around my website, danclark.com. I have a music page. I, you know, you can check out my video going up into space. That's <laughs> worth watching. It's pretty cool. See me walking in the space suit, seeing the curvature of the earth in my space helmet. It really is wild. And I had to dumb it down so you don't think there's a conflict of details. As soon as I posted it, Air Force General call, calls me, Clark, take it down. It's classified. So it says I'm a three and a half hour sortie and went above 70,000 feet. But since it's been since 2010, and I really don't care anymore, I just divulged what this whole sortie was about. And it was so freaking cool. So, and my power player is Dan Clark. Power players with Dan Clark. It's my podcast. Please subscribe. Please download. And I really look forward to getting on your podcast again, Jess, and having you online because this has been crazy. You're so gracious. You've asked me the questions. Let me pontificate without taking a breath for like 10 minutes at a time. And when I get with you again, bro, it's going to be all about you because I want to know what makes you tick. And for those <laughs> who are wondering, Jess has the most amazing, immaculate reputation as helping young entrepreneurs, as as reaching out to those of us who can afford to invest in, in, in some funds. I, I honor you, Jess. I, I, I admire you so much. And thanks so much for having me on your podcast. Well, you're too nice. I'll close with this. Audience members of Dan's speeches have come and told me how great he is. So I hope to be one of those audience, audience members at some point soon. Thanks, brother. Thanks so much. Y'all have a great day. Thanks again. Bye, everyone.